watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts You might be a Trekkie, eh, sit back and watch As the uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch Turn to the left to F in your dictionary And add this word to your vocabulary Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy Damn it Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a Fanboy, baby Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and welcome to the Fanboy Planet podcast. With me, as always, across the ether uh, from the Brett Cave. This is the closest anybody's ever come to determining the location of the Brett Cave, because at least they can see some of it behind you. They can see a lot of stacked-up board games right now. So. Which pretty much is what they expected in their mind's eye that the Brett Cave looked like. So go ahead. And I'm Rick, I am Rick Brett Snyder. Yeah, you know, I realize we don't have our names across the bottom, and that's okay, because it is just us this week, as we are going to, it's been a while, um, as we're going to talk about Comic-Con at home. The This is normally, uh, we're recording on Wednesday evening. Normally, this time of year, I'd be dead on my feet. It's like, uh, you know, uh, because we've been standing in line for four hours or so, or and walking the floor. You're sitting on um, concrete. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, you've been sitting on concrete. Uh, somebody's called me and said, you know, I've done this because I've been running from interview to interview. None of that is happening. Although I have reached out to one creator already and said, um, we had planned to do an interview and this year didn't. So we'll set one up for next week. Um, and I, I won't say on, on air, but at least uh, I've got one Comic-Con at home interview, although it's Comic-Con at the left, I guess, because, uh, you know, I don't think you had a panel. We, it's just somebody I thought we should be talking to. And, and there are a couple of others I think we'll still be reaching like out to. What? There are always some like that. You know? Yeah. And normally we'd be doing that. So they've gone virtual. Before they do, of course, I want to say that if you uh, have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. And uh, you can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram, all at fanboyplanet. Anything we talk about on this podcast that you could possibly purchase for your very own and you cannot find it at your local brick-and-mortar store, we do encourage you to use the Amazon link on each and every page of Fanboy Planet, a little search box. Um, we are affiliated, which thus means that you may generate revenue for this site and for this podcast. And of course, if you wish to just help support the cause of doing a podcast, running a site, you can go to PayPal and donate at editor at fanboyplanet.com. Mentioned all the ways of communication. So let's talk about this now. It is Comic Con at home. It officially began today. And yet, I went to the panel. Time is so out of joint that I seriously woke up at nine this morning, having completely forgotten that <laughs> that this was the first day of Comic Con, and I don't think I had anything on panel today that I wanted to watch. Um, Thursday, definitely Friday and Saturday. There's a couple of things where I'm like, "This is cool." It just feels really weird and really different to me to not have like the concept of Hall H or even just be able to wander the floor. Though I did wander their list of 
uh, of tables and booths and yep. see if there was anybody that I wanted to check out. Um, it's just not the same though for me, but you went to a panel. So I think you've got a better excuse there already uh, or better experience. Well, I went to the Watchmen and the Cruelty of Masks panel. That I'm going to watch that tonight because I think that the advantage of YouTube is it's still up. Yeah, you can you can watch it again. Um, it was good. Uh, a lot of a lot of bringing the most recent Watchmen uh, show that that um, had a lot to do with masks into what's going on now with masks for for COVID and then masks that people that policemen are wearing and you can't tell who they are and it's it's a really a prescient uh and i do say damon lindelof is getting freaked out on instagram about this and there's an article on fanboy planet about it as well that is interesting i i really yeah i will try to catch up with that i think the studios such as they are coming not many are coming in starting tomorrow uh, you know, there'll be a new mutants panel. My money's still on. I'm just, you know, crossing my fingers. They're going to actually show the entire movie on the panel and then, you know, it'll go away. I, I don't think they really will, but wouldn't that be awesome? Because that's the other thing that's missing from, you know, is the movie screenings. Um, there's some TV stuff. Marvel is going to preview Hellstrom for Hulu. And, uh, and they're assuming, you know, DC and Marvel on the comic side are definitely showing up. And there are definitely some conversations going to happen that will be fun with that. I had no trouble at all going through the the schedule of events and filling entire the entirety of my day with potential things to watch. I mean, and doubled up at sometimes, like, if this isn't as good as I'm thinking, I'll switch over to the other one. But I've got something... Literally, I gave my schedule to my wife, and she said, "So basically, we're not going to see you till Monday." I said, "Yeah, kind of." And then she looked up at the heavens and said, "Thank you, Comic Con." What? <laughs> no, it's. Uh, I don't think I, I'm not that packed. I marked a few things as I'm also taking a few days away, but um, but I still want to spend some time watching things. It's just you know it is weird. Like on on Fanboy Planet. I've run some Comic-Con at-home previews. The other thing that I would say is it's interesting that there are groups running almost like parallel conventions, just as they would have at Comic-Con. I'm not just talking the installations, because tomorrow will be the virtual FX installation will start. The virtual Amazon Prime TV installation will start. Sorry, guys. I, you know, no matter how cool that is, it will not hold a candle to being in the escape room for the boys or the escape room for the right. expanse and getting the free, uh, didn't we get a free, um, veggie burger out of Carl's Jr. last year? Oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and FX always has something fun on the lawn, you know, and I really miss that. And so it's thinking about, huh, uh, on Family Planet today, I also, the best one was that, uh, Victorian, um, the fairy garden and, and Carnival the- Row. Yeah, that was all the same the same installation last year, all Amazon Prime. But as far uh, as experience, that one was the best. I, I will agree with that. I, I thought that was that was terrific. I was not as big a fan of the show. Yeah. Once it actually ran, and so that's the irony, is I liked the other shows better, but yeah, that was the best. Um that on fan on fanboyplanet.com I picked up today, there's a video from the San Diego comic. Uh, San Diego Convention Center uh, saying they miss us too. So you really needed to, to watch that video. I mean, it was kind of moving. It was like, you know, because again, 
all of what's going on in the world is is hitting the economy hard. We know that. But in San Diego in particular, five days of Comic-Con makes almost as much money in tax revenue and, and tourism dollars than the rest of the year. Yeah. Five out of 365 days is when they make. Especially if you're a hotel. Yeah. So I, you know, I have been torn about whether or not it's like, can if there is a convention next year and we are able to go and I'm not making any predictions at this point, I'd like to be very optimistic and say, okay, everything goes super well. We're all able to meet in groups in large groups again. And I'm like, do I want to go? And I'm thinking, yeah, because the things that I go to Comic-Con for, I, I can't get out of a virtual convention. I just can't. You know, another one I said today was this is the first year since we became friends online. And I only use the quotation marks because we've literally never met. But the guy who runs Hero, Tomer- Hero Tomorrow Comics, Ted Sakura, has not done a Comic-Con in like a decade. But this was going to be the first year. And so was, we had been planning for a couple of months before all this, you know, like in December saying, all right, you're going to go. I'll be there. Okay. We will me- definitely make plans to meet up. Finally, that's going to be awesome. And then, you know, can't. So but you can go to hero tomorrow and get a, an incredibly insane uh, deal on their books. So anyway, should, go ahead. Should mention uh, for people who may not be following, I've run into so many people in this last week who haven't realized that it's all free. Um, you know, I think you and I had a conversation last week that began with you asking, why hasn't Comic-Con done anything? And we said, yes, there's a free, Drew Campbell and I were talking with you and said, there's a free one. If you are not totally keyed into Comic-Con, you don't know. I said I hadn't gotten any mail from them. Ah. You know, usually, usually, oh, yeah. I get, and and usually I get, like the the press releases, but because I wasn't signed up as press this year, I wasn't on the press re- release. And I, I and I want to for people to understand why uh, Rick wasn't going to go to the actual convention, right? And so, and, and you know, even when there was final press registration, like the the was when everything hit, they didn't announce what they were going to do. First Comic Con was just canceled, so you know it was like why even try. Yeah. I had done it early because I just don't know me. Otherwise I would have forgotten. And yeah. So no, I, had, I had three conventions that I had to choose from Comic-Con and the private one, that Doug Garrett throws and Gen Con. And now I'm not going to Doug's of course, but I'm going to Comic-Con and I'm going to Gen Con uh, for the first time in years. And that one actually costs money. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. So I was going to say the pa- the parallel cons. Adult Swim is running their own, mostly in the evening, but the same days. So uh, they're going. Uh, so if you want anything that's involving uh, the Adult Swim programming, there's a Robot Chicken Live panel at 5 p.m. Pacific. You have to actually go to adultswim.com slash presents slash con and tune in through there. Uh, they have they're having a fantasy DJ set on Thursday night. I don't know how that's supposed to work. A summer showdown finale, a cosplay cup, a Rick and Morty panel on Friday the twenty fourth. Now I'm not sure when we get this podcast out, but there you go. There's a watch party, so they're not in terrible competition with Comic Con. It's more like what you what 
you'd expect them to have done in the evening because that's the other thing. There's no nightlife at a virtual convention except for what people do, like, you know, watch parties and that sort of thing. So they're right. trying. Uh, I've gotten a press release from another group uh, that is a comic book company called Genesis 2 Comics. And so they're having once a day there's going to be, and you can uh, follow this Genesis Roman numeral 2 Comics on Facebook. And once a day, their publisher is going to talk about a different book that they're putting out. So, I mean, it's not a bad thing. It's more like you're really just kind of stopping by their booth and hearing their pitch, you know, and that's, and, and that's cool. And that's the other thing that I'm, that I'm missing too, is I often, especially in Artist Alley, I walk by and I see a, a book that catches my eye or, or a print and I discover a brand new artist. I just haven't had the time to focus on that with the PDF. So, you also did the one thing that um, I, I think is going to be the biggest headache at this con, because if it's all free and everybody can attend, you tried to get a Funko exclusive today. I, I tried to get two of them. You tried to get two. Well, two yeah. different ones. I wasn't, I wasn't hoarding. It, it doesn't matter because you didn't get either, but anyway, go ahead and uh, explain your experience. So the, it was, uh, it had been announced long before that they were going to open the Funko web page for this stuff at 5 5 p.m. California time, uh, Pacific. I was there right at 5. I got in, put two things in my basket, and went to check out. Um, so that was like 5.02. There mm -hmm. was trouble with it uh, because I have a Funko account, which I realized I must have set up the last time I bought. And I don't buy a lot of Funko. I just no, yeah. but you got a Johnny Quest and Haji, so that was that, that had been because they gave me. I think they gave me like a ten percent off on something if I signed up for an account. So I had to log in through the account. There were a couple of times I went through on that where it was saying my credential wasn't taken. And I go, yeah, your server's having trouble. So at like seven minutes after five, I was check. I was in the checkout. And I got to the point where it wanted to calculate shipping costs. That took 50 okay. minutes. And when it was done, both items were already sold out. That's terrible. Yeah. So the, the, I wonder how many people have had that same experience. No, a lot, hundreds, hundreds. I was, I was watching Twitter at the same time. Apparently the same problem occurred a week or two ago when they had just one new figure came out and the real problem with it and with getting it slightly technical in the world of cyber business, they don't do a lock on your item when you put it in your cart. So when you, when you go to check out, they don't lock that item. They don't check for inventory. They don't lock the item, which is what, if you check out on Amazon or any of the legitimate uh, businesses, that are on the web, they they know their inventory. They put a lock on the item, and you you're going to go through their their checkout, but not Funko. It was uh, it, and and not anything new. They've just been like subpar and. And I, I don't know how that's going with the other retailers tomorrow morning. Um, this is an interesting one. Uh, Mattel is going to try to do all their sales through their Instagram. Account. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So next week, if you know we get a chance to record next week, we will tell you how that goes because I'm going to try just for the sake of seeing how it works 
I, I know Instagram, a new Instagram was rolling out a sales connection, but I'm concerned that that's there. And, you know, and the other thing is, again, if you're at a regular convention, Funko would not have thousands of people no. online trying to get in. They would shut down the line. They would have not- 500 people in line. You know, this is the closest, by the way, that I came to purchasing official Comic-Con 2020 merchandise because they didn't pivot and make anything Comic-Con at home. They just called it. They still right. have the same right. Comic Con 2020 and still do. But one sign, one T-shirt had front of the front of the line, and on the back was back of the line. And I thought it oh, would be funny, but it's only going to be funny if I get to go to Comic Con again. <laughs> um, you know. So were the uh, things at Mattel that you wanted to get? What were the things at Mattel that you wanted to get? I am vaguely interested. There is a. The pickup truck with the Hulk oh, and Rocket yeah. Raccoon from Endgame, and or yeah, it's from Endgame. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's kind of cute. I like to pick those up. Like I have the Spock on the Chevrolet, yeah. and I have the Thanos in the helicopter Mystery machine. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't get a Mystery Machine, but yeah. you know, that's I just have a few random things. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, if I get it, great. And if I don't, it's okay. You know, my son is at an age where it's they're not things to get him. He doesn't, he'll go, Oh, cool. <sighs> you know? <laughs> so, it, it, you know, it's okay. I don't feel that drive. I Most just I, miss I, books. I did like the X wing, the Dagobah X wing. It's cool. It's cool. But you know, mostly at comic con for me, it is about finding books yeah. that I wouldn't have picked up elsewhere or, or read otherwise. And, you know, so, which again, I guess that the advantage of not being able to get the comic shop regularly is I am catching up on some things and, you know, so I, I need that, that time too. And that's, that's good. But speaking of getting to the comic shop, do you have a pick of the week? And we're going to make it really more like a pick of the month because yeah. not everybody can get to shops. But this is, um, I, I like you, I mean, there were a long time that I wasn't getting comics. And now the comics I'm getting are kind of like in a run of things that I haven't been reading. So I'm not, I like, I've been holding the Batman stuff up until we get into the Joker War, which the first issue of that came out this week. So I'm, I'm setting those aside because I like reading those as a run. Um, and I bought the, the authority omnibus and I'm, oh, yeah. I'm halfway through that right now. I've been really re-enjoying that because I read all, read it all when it first came out, but reading Four. it all, like in like every day I read like four issues of it out of that. I, I prop it up. You know, we've always talked about, you need a stand for those books. I put two books down and I lean the authority against it and I read it like it's a, it's like family Bible or something, but so what I was going to share this week is Annihilation Scourge, which was the big event that only lasted six issues. Um, was that this year? That was this year. That's, uh, hang on. Uh Wow. They've hidden the Indicia somewhere. Is it on the inside of the front? Cover? I, I'm, as long as you were able to pick it up at a shop recently, you know, it's... Yeah. So there. anyway, the the whole the whole thing of, of this is they did an event 
So they're all first issues. So this is the first one. And then they went through Nova, Fantastic Four, Beta Ray Bill, Silver Surfer, and then I'm going to cover the spoiler on the last one, which was the Omega issue. Um, this is something that I wish they do. They're doing better on these things where they, they put the, the tie-ins outside of the normal run of the tie-in titles. Yeah. And in fact, Beta Ray Bill doesn't have a title to tie in right now. So you got right. a Beta Ray Bill coming out. The funny thing about this is this, this ended just about the same time they started running up Empire. Yeah, that's I figured that was a it was a roll into it, right? Yeah, and it just seemed like an editorial mistake to do two two stories about um, intergalactic uh, adventures of Earth normally Earthbound heroes and bringing them out against the Scroll and the Kree and all this oh, other. Rick. That's where they fooled you. You yeah. thought you were getting six individual issues of a crossover tie-in event, and that was all it was. And you said, they played fair. Yeah. What you actually got was a prelude to a 2,400-issue crossover event that will not, never end now. It's not tied into it at all. This is, this is, this is, a, um, this is a callback to, uh, to the Cancerverse and all that stuff that happened in the original original Annihilation and where we got all the characters, we got the new Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy and the Nova Corps and all that. All that okay, stuff. So anybody listening or watching this, please, if you do read Empire and you're ahead of Rick and myself, and you will be because, as Rick says, you know, he, he, he stacks them up. I come back like a year later and go, oh, yeah, there's a trade. I'll read that. So if somewhere there's a footnote in which Empire – ties into Annihilation Scourge or Annihilation Scourge Scourge. by all means please write in and tell us we're, that one of us is right or wrong. I don't know okay. which one of us but it's... It, you know. I, I've actually read the first two issues of, of uh, Empire. Oh no, I'm not saying it's going to be early on. No, no, it's yeah, going to sure. be like, you know, a last issue going guess what? Hey, guess what? Yeah, sure. I, 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 I can accept yeah. that. Um, but I, I hopefully, hopefully you won't have to have read this 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 is a public service announcement because this is the smallest big big event ever with something that involves all of the universe all of our universe and all of the negative zone and all of the cancer verse and calls back to events ending ending in that original run it's such a weak story it's just it's it's just uh, kind of pitiful and I love the fact that they packaged it this way, but tell a big, if you're going to tell a big story, tell a big story. This is this it's, it's like you have people, it's like in Shakespeare, right? When they want to talk about, Oh, there's battle going on over there. Look, everything's burning. You know, it's, it's people watching stuff that are, that's happening. Um, very little actual, uh, actual fleets of spaceships coming in or you know it's, it was it's a shame because you know you can draw those much more easily than computer generate them sure so uh my okay. recommendation is not to stay away uh but this i was recommended at earth two comics so thank you to heather uh, Keneally, uh Kennelly, that uh adventure man by matt fraction and uh, terry and rachel dodson 
It is a throwback or an update of Pulp Heroes of the 30s and 40s. Matt Fraction has a really nice essay in the back of the first issue in which he talks about how he admits he's only read a few ish, few uh, novels of the spider, maybe a couple of Doc Savages. So it's really more like Matt Fraction's impression of what they're like more than true, you know, lover, pulp lover's knowledge of how it works. And that's okay because Matt Fraction is such a doggone good writer. So he's got a pastiche that sort of puts some of the superpowers in, it's clear that the character from the thirties known as adventure man is doc savage mostly, but many other things as well. Uh, he's an homage. It's an homage. It's a pastiche. It's also though coming to the, it's as if Grant Morrison went back in time and had disguised himself as Kenneth Robeson and rewrote all of doc savage. And maybe it's Maxwell Grant too. Maxwell Grant, Grant Morrison. Hmm. But it's actually Matt fraction. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, gorgeous book. The first issue, if you can find it, and I think you still can, um, because I, I saw it still on the stands at, at Earth 2, it's $3.99, double size for $3.99, with a good. huge essay uh, in the back about like the the inspiration and some sketches and so forth. The second issue is normal size, still $3.99. And then in the back, because, of course, in between issues, the world kind of went crazy. And so something that I I haven't seen a comic do yet or a comic book writer or editorial team do yet is he, uh, Matt Fraction, put in uh, charities to support through this time. Not just Black Lives Matter, you know, the big ones, but also did some research and smaller so that you have it at your fingertips. Of course, everybody has them at you know, on the internet, but it was really cool to be reminded in a book as I was reading this away from my, all my devices and went, Oh yeah, thank you for the reminder. You know? Uh, so I, I really liked that, but mostly it was both issues have just been a fantastic read. Something happened to adventure man in the thirties. It's implied. Maybe he lost his final battle. And then there's this single mother in the 21st century, who is a librarian and her son loves the adventure man books and they get handed. So this is where you're going to love it. Fractions real inspiration is that someone first gave him doc Savage, his apocalyptic life by Philip Jose farmer. So this kid in the first issue gets a book that is essentially the adventure man, his apocalyptic life that nobody else on earth has ever seen. Oh, so he's discovered this concordance and both Tarzan alive and apocalypse and duck Savage's apocalyptic life are books that to me feel like I could be wrong, but they were kind of the first of their kind treating these fictional characters as aside from we know, and we're deep into the, that group with the old Newton people and so right. forth, but the treating it as if it was real and giving the historical background. So, you I know, think it, because, because the, the, um, the gimmick of them all being coming out of one event and, and all the connections comes from farmer who called Walt Newton. Yeah. I'm pretty sure farmer was the originator of yeah, that. I, I don't want to get into a rabbit hole about farmer because I think there's a virtual convention about that coming up some somewhere and yeah, definitely. I may actually attend that uh, just because I, I want to know. But even if you don't know any of that, it's, 
just a super fun read. Just as I realized, and I'll, I'll point people's attention to uh, a review on Fanboy Planet, uh, I listened to almost all, because it's massive, the audio audible audiobook adaptation of The Sandman, just the first three arcs. And that they kept all the references to the DC Universe mainstream I was curious if they would and was concerned like, well, does somebody who's not into the comics, you know, will that throw them off? And I realized, no, the way Gaiman had written it originally was it was cool that I knew who they were, but it absolutely does not matter listening to it. And if I may say in audio, there are pieces of the Sandman that are so much more frightening because your imagination has to fill it in. But there are sound effects that I never in my life even considered going along with those characters that um, it was, it's an amazing adaptation and they're going to do the whole thing, but they just released the first three volumes as one big audio for now. So is it a production or is it a, a reading? Yes. So are there multiple voices? Neil Gaiman, Neil Gaiman narrates it. Okay. Uh, and uh, I read an interview where he said it was that a lot of it was actually his original script, like panel descriptions too. So it's present day, you know, present tense um, describing characters and so forth. And then the dialogue is by actors, sound effects, music sometimes. And this is where it differs from the comics is that it shifts points of view. So John Constantine narrates the issue basically from okay. the original run that he appeared in. So you get his viewpoint as to what was going on. Rose Walker uh, narrates a couple of times. Jed, uh, Jed Walker, uh, the, the kid, um, you hear it from his point of view as well. But James McAvoy plays Morpheus. And though I think when they get around to the TV series, he's too old because they, they, you know, Morpheus is consistently described as looking like he's 20 or 21. Um, Kat Dennings is death and she is astounding. And James McAvoy is astounding as Morpheus. Like it is, it brings new subtlety and interesting characterization. That's been a long time since I've read the Sandman, but I, I I got into the apartment last night and immediately took the first volume off off my shelf and said, "Okay, this week I'm rereading most of Sandman because it's been so long." And Riz Ahmed is the Corinthian, and disturbing and and deadly, and you know it, it's just terrific. So I was skeptical when I first heard they were going to adapt it because I was like, of all things to go to, go to audio is comics. It just doesn't make sense to me, but this works. It really, really works. So I don't know that any comic would do, but a work with the depth of the Sandman absolutely does. So audible, that's on audible. You can either, you know, get it through the app or they, they do sell it on CD. Is Is it Hachette books or, Audible original production. Audible original. It's Audible original in association with DC. Okay. So um, it's it, it's terrific. Speaking of DC, so I want to wrap up this this podcast with interesting news. You know, we're always concerned about streaming. DC Universe is no longer accepting annual subscriptions. The streaming service you can only pay month to month now, which tells me we're not going to have DC universe much longer. 
Stargirl was renewed for season two, but only on the CW. DC Universe is not going to be running the second season of Stargirl. Harley Quinn is now, the first two seasons of Harley Quinn are going over to HBO Max, as Doom Patrol is already on HBO Max. And I did compare. When you watch Doom Patrol on HBO Max, it says an HBO Max original. When you watch it on DC Universe, it does. It still says season two. It's a DC Universe original, but HBO Max is absolutely branding. And again, as we've talked before, it's the global streaming service, so it, it sort of makes sense. Yeah. But if the if Warner Media, so hear me now, people. If Warner, if anybody from Warner Media is paying attention to this podcast, I'll pay five bucks a month for the for the DC universe comics right. access, because I've really found that very helpful. Now there's no vertigo stuff on there, right? which I, again, double check because of, of, of Sandman, but they're slowly loading up so much classic stuff. There's a lot of stuff from the forties and fifties, as well as moving forward. It's obviously very heavy on new 52 and rebirth because that's about when they were starting to think about doing this. And even then, there's so much I didn't buy then that I'm going back and reading. And, you know, I, I just, I think as a comics reading app, it's still, it would still be a good buy. I'm just sorry to say goodbye to DC Universe, which yeah. they're not putting the bow on it yet, but I, I kind of think that's what's happening. If you're not going to take a year's subscription, it's because you don't think that you're going to be running this a year from now. So one thing um, I, I have to give you credit, I, I had, wanted to read manifest destiny for a long time i you had talked about it before you mentioned it in the last episode um actually we didn't record that we were just talking with drew campbell that i mentioned was it, were we just talking okay wow yeah, we, like we were testing this <laughs> oh that's right that's why it felt like a podcast so so you had been talking about manifest destiny which is the uh, a fantasized retelling of the lewis and clark expedition where they're on a secret mission to right. And, and the seventh trade just came out last week. So you can actually, uh, Comixology uh, has the trades in digital form. And the first trade, the first six issues of that, you can get for like $3.50. Um, and and the ones following that aren't that expensive right up until the most recent. So like they're like five fifty dollars for the, the ones after that are or almost six dollars again. That is a bargain, and they are great stories. I've, I've been, I've been, I've been like parsing my time out on what I'm reading because I also started Brandon Sanderson's Way of Kings, yeah, which is a lifestyle. Um, but that, and if you have the Comicsology Unlimited, it's free. You can just read it. Well, in general, that's one that I immediately, I only buy in trade. Because I know that if I had to read Manifest Destiny in in single installments, I would go crazy. Because I can handle there's, there's a cliffhanger or an edge at the end of six issues. Yeah. But monthly, that would have driven me up the wall. It is so good, so intriguing. Yeah. I can't believe that in this rush for everything to be adapted that that has not been picked up yet. It would be perfect. It would be absolutely perfect. It could be shot in Canada. Where you know, no, it would. I mean, yeah. and and I wouldn't object to it being a Canadian production. I mean, because that's where you'd still have the wilderness, and yeah, yeah, it would be it would be terrific. So you know, once again, maybe twenty twenty one, we'll hear about something. So 
uh, you know, thanks everybody for tuning in, paying attention. Uh, I know you have a lot of things, pop culture podcasts and vidcasts and everything competing for your attention this weekend. You have a comic con competing for your attention. So if you, if you shared this time with us, we really appreciate it. That, that means a lot. So, uh, you know, once again, if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. I'm Derek McCaw, editor in chief of fanboyplanet.com. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use your powers for good. That almost worked. We're going to leave it because I think that's funny. Uh, we, 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 I don't think we've ever told anybody that we have to record that when we do audio. We have to each of us record it separately and then I cut them together and post. We're telling them now. Yeah. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.